hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Pastor Greg last week finished up the Beatitudes, but they're not totally over. <laughs> There's two more verses that we got to talk about. And so that's what I'm doing tonight. I call this the Amazing Teacher. And because of that, you'll see that I pulled a, a text. Normally, I just basically use just the New King James Version. And, uh, but you're going to get an, uh, one NASB tonight. And so um, the, the text is Matthew 7, two verses. And it's 28 and 29. And then I'm going to requote this again in the message, but in the NASB, as you'll see the difference. And so, it says, And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we... We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. And Father, as we get into your word, Holy Spirit, you minister to us as only you can. You gave me the message, but only you can present it, Lord. Hide me behind the cross, but most importantly, use me to bring glory to your name. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And we come to the end of this journey through the Sermon on the Mount. And it's been a journey of highs and lows and of comfort and of challenge. There's been a lot here that, that we've talked about. And I hope these scriptures has been a friend to you. Not one of those kind of friends that always tell you what you want to hear, but a friend that cares enough to tell you the truth and encourage you to live according to it. And that's what Jesus has done. All through this, we're, we're, we, we've gotten inside of this. And I'm, so I'm going to do like a, just a little wrap-up tonight, and, uh, and then we'll close. And, and we'll start something else. Next slide, please. A friend that walks along with you and points out the, the proper path. The things we have learned and been challenged with will stay with us for the rest of our lives if we're careful to heed their message. And he didn't tell us to follow the wide road. He, tell, he taught us to follow that narrow path and put us on a path that we would all understand what is there. And so, Matthew 7, 28 and 29, these two verses record the reaction of those that heard the Sermon on the Mount that day, and they give us the reason for that reaction. And so, we're going to look at Matthew 7, 28, 29 from the NASB. 
It says, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds, see the New King, the New King James says the multitudes, and then they say the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Verse 29 says, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And notice what he says. It says that, he, they, that they were amazed in the NASB. The New King James says they were astonished. Well, I wanted to read them both because I believe that they were amazed and astonished. And so we, we, I wanted to cover that as we, as we talk about this. But as we look at this whole thing we've been on all this time as we started with Matthew 5.1 and worked our way through uh, chapter 7, this whole time as he's doing this, kind of give you a little, fill, go back and fill in the, the, the front end of it just for a minute as we talk about Matthew 4.23 says this, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. And as he's doing this, more and more people kept showing up. Great multitudes had come to see him, to be healed from their diseases and follow him. They came not only from the immediate area of Galilee, but also from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. You say, well, how do you know that, Pastor Ron? Because Matthew 4.25 tells us that. And as Jesus is teaching, he never taught and he never ever sought a crowd. Never. Sometimes it did happen. And in this case, it was going to and through this time that what we call the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. But as this is happening, Jesus knew that he needed a bigger space. So Matthew 5.1 is where we started many months ago, said this, And seeing the multitudes, he went upon a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and not just his disciples, it was all his disciples had came to him. And there was others that had come to him. They heard that he was a, that he could heal them. They, he, they heard that he could meet their need. And so a lot of them showed up because they wanted to be followers of Jesus Christ, and a lot of them showed up just to get something from them. A wrong reason. And we find Jesus was compassionate toward the multitudes as he is here, as he teaches them, or when he fed the 5,000. But we also find Jesus constantly seeking to make a separation between the people that would truly believe and follow and those who were just curious. And we have that same thing that goes on today. Oh, but aren't you thankful that Jesus called you unto himself? That one day in your life, you know, every one of you have a story about how you came to Christ, 
how he changed your life and all that had happened. And Jesus does that here in the Sermon on the Mount. He does not want the acclaim of the multitude. Instead, Jesus wants to call out those that will truly follow him while giving warning to those that will not. And it's the same thing as that way today. Oh, that we would hear his voice and come unto him. I am so thankful. I know you told many, many times I've said this, but I was 17 years old when he called me unto himself. Changed my life. Put me on a new path. A whole different one that I was on. I think it shocked my wife. Because she knew the reality was I came to church just to hang out with her. I came from all the wrong reasons. But Jesus had a different plan. And I'll never forget the day that that pastor preached 2 Corinthians 5.21. He became sin for us. That we could become the righteousness of God in him. And then he asked the question, have you made the exchange? And all I knew is I heard his voice. And instead of being back there wanting to hold on to Linda, next thing I knew in the church we were in, I was down here. I'm in the front, down on my knees, crying out to God. And it changed my life. It changed my family's life. It changed directions for us all. That's what Jesus wants to do. But he's not going to force you to do it. But if you hear his voice and he calls you, you listen. Listen. Because he's calling you into himself. Because he'll do for you what he did for me. So... Next slide, please. Notice the response of the people to what Jesus says. Matthew 7, 28 says that they were amazed and astonished. That's why the amazed part was the NASB. The astonished part was the New King James Version. And so they were amazed and astonished. The teaching of Jesus throughout this sermon had such impact upon those who were listening that they were literally shocked. They were overwhelmed. How could a man like Jesus be teaching like this? Jesus was not schooled. He was a carpenter's son. His friends were local fishermen. How did he teach like this? Because they didn't understand yet. How could a, such an untrained man who keeps that kind of company say such things? But he did. And they were challenged by him. You see, in that time period, the rabbis, when they went to school, they were schooled in two schools of thought. The Mosaic Law, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And they were also schooled in the writings of the rabbis. That became more difficult. 
I have a set of writings of, of that called the Babylonian Talmud. And it was purchased to me, for me when they had taken, that was, was written in Hebrew and translated it to English. The whole Babylonian Talmud goes back to David time, 5,000 years ago, and there's writings from rabbis, and I don't know who picked what in there, but it's writing all down through those years, and it's a set of books that sit on top of a bookcase that go from one end to the other at my house. And that's the harder part. The first five books of the Bible are the writings of the rabbis. They never read all that. It was impossible for them to. But as they would speak and as they would talk and as they would teach, they would look up certain things in those books to be able to help them. They'd be able to point to these rabbis and to be able to say, the rabbi said this or the rabbi said that. But Jesus wasn't like that. He never quoted anybody. And if he did quote somebody, it was usually to straighten out what they were saying. Huh? Yeah. He just spoke scripture. Because, see, they hadn't figured out, nor did they know. It hadn't been revealed yet. He had not went to the cross. He has not resurrected. None of that has happened yet. The gospels have been not written yet. But John understood that and wrote to the church and he said, in the beginning, in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 of that same chapter says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so when you're the living Word, you don't have to ask anybody anything. You just speak it. And that's what Jesus did. And they were astonished. They were amazed. They had never heard such a thing. And that's exactly... Next slide, please. That's exactly why the multitudes were so amazed. Matthew 7, 29 says that they were astonished because Jesus was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. You see, because the scribes did not teach as one having authority. They'd say, well, this rabbi said this, and this rabbi said that, and they were always pointing to those things. And nothing wrong with doing that. We do that ourselves. Many times, if I'm speaking or teaching on a certain subject, I have a lot of books at, at the house. Linda thinks I have too many of them. I filled up everything, and now we're starting to stack this way. <laughs> but I'll look up writings of, like, Charles Spurgeon to see what he had to say on that subject. You see, it gives a little more punch if you're quoting somebody like that on the message you're talking about. And that's what those rabbis, and that's what they were doing. Jesus never had to do that. Why? Because he was the living and is the living word. That's a hallelujah moment, isn't it? Jesus did not teach based on the authority of training received or on the authority of what someone else said. He taught on the basis of his own authority. And that's what they understood that. Matthew establishes 
Jesus' authority in the sermon as he shows Jesus' power over disease, nature, the supernatural, sin, and death. He had power over it all. And so as Matthew's writing all this, he's talking about those things and and teaching them and realizing that Jesus is the answer. He is the all in all. Like the song that Chris led us of the last one, that he is that firm foundation. Oh, that we'd be anchored there. So, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus contrasts the teaching of the scribes and Pharisees by saying, you have heard that, ancients were told, and you have heard that, or you've heard this, because the only, the only thing they had was to rehash what those who had gone before had said about Scripture. They didn't have anything to say about Scripture. They were just rehashing what somebody else said about Scripture. And here this multitude was listening to what Jesus had to say and what he was teaching and what he was saying. And it was so different. And the call goes out, who is this man? So, we find Jesus was compassionate no excuse me I'll get this right yet get my right sheet here when they would teach they would quote the ancient scribes and the ancient scribes the authority was based on scripture no longer but it was based on what those teachers from the past had to say about Scripture. Jesus never did any of this because he did not have to. When Jesus did quote others, like I said earlier, it was usually to correct the improper theology that they had, to straighten them out. And I find it amazing there was times that they had so much bad theology and Jesus just kept his mouth shut. He didn't even try to straighten them out. He just left it the way that it was. Maybe there's a, there's a, a lesson in there for you and I, especially the time period we live in and we're trying to figure out all the end times things and come up with all these things. That, and there's those that have charts that go from one side of the wall to the other. You know, in the first century, when they asked Jesus about those questions, he never even answered them. That's something to think about, isn't it? <laughs> so, throughout the whole sermon, we see this. Each of the Beatitudes are factual statements that Jesus proclaims on his own authority. In the last Beatitude, righteousness is equated with living for Christ. Pastor Greg spoke on that last week as he finished it. These are not idle words or the back and forth of people discussing points of theology. This is the positive declaration of how God wants us to live. Every declaration 
Jesus makes in the Sermon on the Mount is based in his own authority as God incarnate. They don't understand that's who he is, but they're going to before this is all over. And so, these pro proclamations cannot be dismissed lightly as a matter of someone's opinion. They are statements of fact made by the one who created everything and who will sit in judgment of everyone. Do you realize that there's nothing that's been made that he did not make? Think about that. That's amazing, isn't it? So, Jesus said that those who heard his words and acted upon them were like a wise man who built his house on a rock. Pastor Greg spoke about that last week. We sang about it again tonight, a firm foundation. We're not built on the sand, we're built on the rock. And that rock is Jesus. So, next slide. What a wonderful joy to have the Holy Spirit develop the characteristics of the Beatitudes in you. God wants to use us as salt and light to have joy even in persecution. Even there's times there's things that we face that we don't understand. We could wring our hands or whatever, but we don't have to. Why? Because we belong to Him. Aren't you glad? There's nothing that can happen to us when we're in His hands. You may, there used to have, years ago, you used to see all these, you're in good hands with Allstate. I think we're in better hands with Jesus. Huh? <laughs> huh? So, next slide, please. To live life on a different plane than the world, to commune with the Father in prayer. Oh, that's powerful. We're going to talk about that on spiritual gifting night. And we don't always see prayer as spiritual gifting, but it is. Not to be anxious about the things of this world. Because God meets our needs. To have a house that will stand in the storm of life. That's powerful. The teaching of Jesus amazed those who heard. Because he spoke with authority. You cannot ignore what he says without paying a terrible price. Build your life on a solid foundation. Huh? So we sang about a firm foundation. Jesus is that foundation. Jesus is that solid rock. The emphasis on rock is mine. May we listen to him. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. 
We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.